Hello, everyone, and welcome to another riveting edition of Under the Floorboards, where we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night. I am your host, John, joined as always by my beautiful co-host, Eric. How are you this week? Fabulous. Chillin', chillin' like a villain. That's and it. there's a lot of villains mm-hmm. in this movie. Ooh. Or are there? Ooh. Ooh. Who is are the there? villain? Yeah. Who is, who is innocent? This week, we watched Knock at the Cabin. Which is funny because, like, I was like, oh, they said the thing. They don't. They just knocked at the cabin. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In a very Edgar Allan Poe style of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking at my chamber door. <laughs> Naming something after something that has everything to do with the progression of a plot point. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked in uh, Demons Within when they gave uh, one of the references to Poe. I think it was to, um, i trying to remember the name of the the poem but it's uh about lenore who is like another the char- raven no it's not the raven there, okay. there's another one that he does separately um how are you gonna make two different stories the two characters named name lenore dog it was the night or the 1800s it had like 12 names that's what i'm saying yeah. got- <laughs> that's lorraine one that's lorraine two that's Lenore. That's Lenorna. <laughs> I knew a man with a wooden leg named Smith. That's wonderful, but what's the name of his other leg? Well, speaking of names, we have a pretty big itinerary of a whole seven people. So why don't you say. go ahead and lay it on us, Eric? Can't wait. 2023, one hour and 40 minutes, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, written by Paul Tremblay, who's uh, the source material for this. He wrote a novel that this is based on. The as well at as, the end of the world. Yes, as well as Shyamalan and Steve Desmond. Uh, we've got Dave Batista as Leonard. Jonathan Groff as Eric. Ben Aldridge as Andrew. Nikki Amuka Bird as Sabrina. Rupert Grint as uh, Redmond. Abby Quinn as, uh, is it Adrian? Mm-hmm. Is that right? For some reason, I want to say Ariadne with the way that they spelled that. Um, well, the R would be next to the A. I know it's but- like a, it's like pseudo dyslexia, <laughs> which I don't have, but it's uh, in anyway. Um, Kristen Quee as when, and I'm gonna stop there. That's what they call me. Yep, Kristen Quee. Remember that DBZ character Quee? Fuck you, Quee. <laughs> he's like the first, the first of like Freeze's army that Vegeta like mercs after he thinks he's ascended to Super Saiyan. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was the purple guy that looked like a frog. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> what? Wait. Um, Na- Namek saga freezes on Namek. Actually, I do. We have I, I, ah Vegeta. We've got the Dragon Balls. <laughs> Fuck you, Quee. <laughs> Just kills him. That's it. <laughs> it was Quee, and then Dodoria, and then Zarbon oh, okay. was the order of operations mm. for that, if I'm not mistaken. Would yeah. you would think Zarbon would go first, looking like yeah. <laughs> right. look like he fresh off the catwalk? <laughs> <laughs> Paris Hilton. <laughs> Nicole Richie. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. I think that was really just the whole Ginyu force was ultimately <laughs> right, just like right. different variations of celebrities that we had in the 2000s. 100%. 100%. Anyways, moving on into it. Uh, this was both of our first times watching this. Yep. Uh, like you said, this came out this year. Which because we refused to pay money to go see this in theaters. Turns I've been out, hurt too many times. Yeah. Like, like I, the last two movies that I paid to go see, actually... One of them I didn't even pay. My buddy paid for me. He wanted to go see Skinnamarink with me so bad that he paid for my ticket, which was right. very kind of mm-hmm. him. It's also the only way to get you to go to a movie you don't want to see. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew what was going to mm-hmm. fucking happen. It was that and, uh, God, what was, what was the other one? We went to see Evil Dead Rise here recently. Yeah, but I feel... 
Well, yeah, it was probably Evil Dead Rise yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about. And Evil Dead yeah. Rise was fine, but it wasn't a movie that like I had to see in theaters. Right. You know? We were just trying to be hip, and we're just fans of Evil Dead. Yeah, I was like, going to say, I think it's more it. so yeah. like I just wanted to watch people die, and yeah. they just like didn't feel the need to arbitrate that. So. Right. <laughs> Anyways. Which they did not. Which they did not. Um, I just, so... I have the biggest love-hate relationship with M. Night Shyamalan. Because some people are like, oh, some of his movies are better than others. Where I'm like, this movie sucks. Fuck you. Fuck you. I can't believe I've sat through that. Like, And then there's movies that I really love. Like, I loved The Happening. Great movie. And I loved 80% of Signs until mm-hmm. they destroyed it. Mm-hmm. The Sixth Sense was a is, great is movie. Consider, like, is probably considered by many to be one of the top 100 films of all time. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? And I, w- I would actually, like, almost... I would box M. Night Shyamalan. Like, they're talking, right. about, they're talking about the fucking uh, zuckerberg Musk fight. Mm-hmm. Let's go Hall Shyamalan in the octagon. Because I got to tell you, like, I, I was telling Eric this earlier. I just don't believe that you can tell me that one of the most advanced species in the known universe mm-hmm. comes to a planet that has 70% buildup of its weakness mm-hmm. and it fucking rains. Mm-hmm. It fucking rains here, my guy. You yeah. didn't see a cloud in your spaceship when right. you were coming down? Like, oh my god. That that would be like the Green Lantern Corps landing on a planet that's yellow and covered in trees. Right. You know, <laughs> you know what well, I mean? It's like, it's like, it, it's <laughs> you like, just lose. <laughs> it's even with like the village, man. Like, you cannot convince me that there are places in America where shit like that exists mm-hmm. when you're like two miles off the interstate. I know. You know, I, know. <laughs> I do. And we don't even really have to get into it, but there's yeah, obviously yeah, that's a whole. Other... Well, what I was going to say was there's obviously the last airbender, too. You know what I mean? We, we don't talk about that. And you know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> it's just weird to see. And again, everybody has high and low points in their careers. And that's totally. certainly true for everybody, like I said. But like this dude really seems to be hitting like 98 versus like 2% yeah. of it, your potential energy. He's batting 300 right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's it's wild, man. And so this is another one of those that I would say just to add to like, this is probably closer to a final thought, but I'm going to talk about it now because we're on the subject. Mm. This is another one of those kind of whatever movies from him you know where it serves its purpose certainly there are going to be people that love this because they resonate with this and and that's wonderful Mm -hmm. um this one just didn't ever really hit a point of like oh shit for me you know like other works of his has Mm -hmm. and so it's like i don't know yeah um the only other thing that i will say about it um was that i was more excited to watch this movie have a friend had come up to me and said there's no twist ending I'm like, thank you, God. So knowing that. Yeah, yeah. knowing that, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is going to be clean and cut. And, like, I'm not, like... Because, again, it's not even like I get frustrated because I'm so good at guessing movies and he just throws shit at the wall to see what sticks. Mm-hmm. But it's also, like, it just doesn't make sense half the time. And it just feels forced and fucking trite. Mm-hmm. I just... Or so linear that it just yeah. doesn't <laughs> even... It, it doesn't even come as a surprise. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of where we were with this one, I think, you and I both. Mm-hmm. So that this was this was a movie that I did actually like I I would probably watch this movie again. Okay, you know, like. But with that being in mind, let's jump on into the knock at the cabin. Mm-hmm. We start off with who we will find out is Wen, mm-hmm. which is the daughter of two gay parents. Mm-hmm. Which honestly, like Bravo to Universal, because like it didn't feel. 
like there were parts that felt a little woke, but I guess they were like coming out of the nineties, you know? Yeah. It, it's one of those things for me where it, I'm glad to see the representation, but yeah. I, I would love us to get to a point where we can have the representation without like the explaining of the representation. Like there's a part right. here in a little bit where she's talking to a character and Wynn says, um, I have two dads. I call I call them by their first names because that's how I differentiate mm-hmm. between the two of them and that kind of thing. But it's weird because my teacher says things like, I'm so glad you have <laughs> two dads, which to me sounds like she's not glad that I have two dads. And those are those are those like writing things for me. Where it's like, I didn't need that. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't need you to break it down for me about like the trials and tribulations and things like representation hits when when it just simply is what it is any different than batista's wearing a white shirt in this movie just right. because he is she just has two dads that's it yeah, you know what i yeah, mean exactly <laughs> we got the gays buying up all the asian kids because <laughs> right, right. like the first thing i was thinking about uh was mitch and cam from modern family because i fucking love that yeah. show but with what you're with what you're talking about one of my favorite ways that they approached it was Lily, who is the adopted Vietnamese girl for you know all intents and purposes in Modern Family to a gay couple, refers to them as dad and daddy. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was actually really cute. I and got this a is dad like, and I got a daddy. This yeah. is daddy Eric. This is daddy Andrew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know. Again, it's just like... It's like watching M. Night Shyamalan try to write for gay characters or even past that, just normal people. <laughs> right. And I was going to say, it even has less to do with the, like, the gay characters and this and more to do with just like writing conversations and things that oh, actual yeah. humans have. Like, I feel like Shyamalan may be a lizard person. That'll be on like the conspiracy <laughs> episodes that we do later on. But I feel like he's one of those that just doesn't quite. You, you know what I mean? Doesn't it, quite know how humans actually interact with one <laughs> another and that kind of thing. So it, it's funny. Anyway, the point being that she is collecting grasshoppers for her um, just whatever. It looked like she was logging it with intent. Yeah. Because like, there were names, mm-hmm. sizes, colorations. She's like keeping like this it, endemic life. And it vlog. could just be the fact that she was born a scientist. She is Asian. Right. Of which descent right. we don't know mm-hmm. because they never told us. Right. Right. <laughs> so again, we're just checking boxes of stereotypes off here to start this thing off. Yeah. Um, she's inherently smart. She's sure. A, she is yeah. a scientist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. And we're, we, John and I are both kind of rolling our eyes like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, okay. Got it. Yeah. It, and then off in the distance, you see this glistening white shirt man, uh-huh. Dave Batista, and he is written um, like like a handicapped pedophile throughout yeah. the first like fifty percent of this movie until his character really sets in, and you mm-hmm. kind of I I don't know if I just got used to it or if his writing got better, but I'm thinking it's the former. I, 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 <laughs> When they introduce him, he's like the man that you wouldn't buy ice cream from. Exactly. <laughs> and then like Exactly. You, and then later in the movie it's like, Oh, I'm a second grade teacher. And it's like, Oh, that's why you're a fucking weirdo. See? Right. Like <laughs> Right. That's why you talk to children like that's why you know how to talk to eight year olds like it's your job. Right. Because it is. And and it was like there's only two it, jobs. And I guess to that, talk to eight year olds. I know, and I guess that kind of makes sense. And it was like uh, just a Sorry, writing there's choice. Three. There's also child protective services. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
but it's it's just one of those things for me where it's like it came off much less menacing because of how his character introduced mm-hmm. himself and that kind of thing. And this dude is one that I feel like as you're watching this, you're supposed to sort of feel a lot of like what we were feeling a lot of like tense and like this guy isn't all here and that right. kind of thing but but we'll, it was so cringe lord be, exactly because we'll find out later why he quite literally isn't all here but it's not for the reasons that we think because we have these preconceptions because of the way the writing is driving his character through this conversation with when mm-hmm. and everything and it just sort of hits a little bit awkwardly and makes you stumble out of that first drop which yeah. doesn't allow you full access into the world because you mm-hmm. already are second guessing a lot of things, right? Right. So just kind of where I'm coming from with this. Um, but she introduces herself to him. She, my name is Wen. His name is Leonard. Um, she breaks it down for him, like we talked about. She's got two dads, um, and he's having these conversations. I'm very good at catching grasshoppers. Would you like me to catch a grasshopper for you? Here, I'll catch you one. Don't open that lid quickly, lest the hoppers panic. And you know what I mean? It's just. We're just sitting there, like the grasshoppers are looking up, like, whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Freedom! All their. Like, all of these grasshoppers have fucking anxiety because they're in, like, a sick. A fucking six quart jar with holes in the right. top of yeah, it. They're yeah, like, yeah. we're we're gonna fucking right. die in here. And she and she built it like people do, where they feel like they're doing the animals a favor by throwing like a stick and two leaves in there. You know, it's your home. It's an apartment now. <laughs> right. That's when I looked at Eric and uh, they were like, "Do you think they're comfortable in there?" I was like, "Well, they're probably comfortable like in nature where they." <laughs> Hello, everyone. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. If you would like to be able to support us, some of the best ways to do that are by leaving us a review, preferably a good one, on whatever streaming service you are listening to right now. That helps our algorithm and boosts us in, as well as liking or pre-saving our episodes. If you would like to be able to support us directly, the best way to do that is by joining our Patreon. The lowest price at $3 a month, which gives you access to commercial free exclusive interviews bonus episodes and a plethora of other things we definitely have other uh, standard levels as well however that is in fact the cheapest and easiest way to help us so thank you guys so much for listening today either way thank you for the support if you'd like to know anything that's coming up event wise for us make sure to follow us on instagram at under the floorboards five again that's under the floorboards five and check out our patreon at patreon.com backslash under the floorboards see you there enjoy the show (laughs) um but what they arrive on in terms of like what they're going to do for the sake of accelerating this conversation is he uh realizes that it's going to be her she tells him that it's going to be her eighth birthday in like six days Mm -hmm. he's like Oh, well, happy early birthday. As a matter of fact, I have a token of affection that I would like to give you now. It's a flower, but if you don't like it, we can play a game with it. And she's like, yeah, I'll take the game. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so I hate cringy. that flower. It's so cringy. What we're going to do is take turns taking petals off of this flower and answer or asking each other questions. I'm going to go inside and have sex with both of your dads. Right. Are your dads looking for a third? <laughs> And of course they like start... I don't even remember what they were talking about because it just so, didn't matter. So the first question, um, I'm trying to remember 
see <laughs> well well no the the first question was actually something that was very like lighthearted. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was like what was what's your favorite kind of food or something mm. like that you know she's like okay my turn and she plucks the thing off the flower and goes why are you here <laughs> <laughs> first of all <laughs> when is the smartest character mm-hmm. in this movie 100 <laughs> percent um, you so, want to talk about somebody who just reads the terrain and asks the real uh, questions, <laughs> and that's consistent throughout the whole thing. And he makes this comment where he's like, first thing I want to let you know is it doesn't have anything to do with you or your dads. We were brought here for a reason. And, and of you, course, you see like three people start walking in right, the woods behind Right, them. Harry, Ron, and yeah. Hermione come out of the woods <laughs> and everything. Why is it always you three? Um that was my McGonagall. He's actually fucking Aragon. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Aragon was great. I was so mad that they didn't finish out that movie series. Aragog. Oh, Aragog. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah, I yeah. thought you were talking about Purple Dragon. No. Okay, never mind. That was a great movie, though. <laughs> that was great. See, uh, my point remains. Um, but I was yeah. making a forest joke with... Yeah, Ara- yeah, Arachna. the spider. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I totally get it. Yeah, I, I, I just didn't hear you correctly because I fucking played music for the last twenty years. Um, but yeah, his friends arrive, and she immediately is like, "Red flag number 15 I'm going to go inside with my gay dads, and we're going to talk about our feelings. My two dads. <laughs> right. My two dads. So she, she breaks it down. A little bit of rough acting on um, Miss Miss Quee's part here, where they're they're up on the back deck. Uh, interestingly enough, mark that it begins and ends um which i just picked up on i don't know if that's symbolic or not but i'm gonna count I'm, it i don't think a porch is that symbolic but i could be could entirely be, wrong know. it's Shyamalan, be, man. <laughs> does it is anything real yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you see it's actually an allegorical porch and it represents <laughs> right. the foundation that we actually have for our own beliefs it's sort of elevated above reality yeah. in and of itself it's sort of this man-made construction above the natural <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, but they're chilling outside, and it's one of those conversations where it's like, see, you didn't have to go look for her. She came right back home, and it's like, yeah, okay. Hey, what's (laughs) up, sweetheart? And she's like, hey, there's a guy out here with some friends that say they've got the most important mission in the world that they're trying to carry out, and they want to come inside and talk to us right now. They have weapons. Also, they're holding weapons. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, okay, when? Let's go see what she's got going. Sure enough, like they walk into the room, and you hear that, and it's like, Knock. It's the thing. Knock at the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they didn't say the thing, but they did the thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Batista's outside. I'm going to call him Batista because I'm not calling that man Leonard. He deserved better. Um, Leonard. Leonard. Um, <laughs> I have a Ninja Turtles joke for you later. Um, but he's like, hello. I would like to come inside and speak with you face to face because the things I'm about to tell you will be more meaningful if I'm inside your home. And they're like, uh, no, first of all, (laughs) first of all, your name's what? (laughs) Right. Right. Um, and she's like, like they, uh, they end up going to like, if I'm speeding through this, just stop me if there's shit you want to talk yeah, about. We, we, well, I was just saying, cause one of my, one of my favorite parts is yeah. we're making two different cuts now. It doesn't fucking okay, matter. Sick. Um, but th- this is one of my favorites, uh, cause they're just like, I th- don't think that we're going to do this. I think you guys should leave. And then fucking Rupert grins outside. Like it doesn't matter. Just fucking let us in. In it, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I want to say it was Andrew that ends up going to the home phone that they've still got yeah. mounted yeah, on the yeah. wall in their kitchen. 
Because uh, the... Eric's the bottom, so he like. <laughs> and and, and guys, not... <laughs> I really mean this is like like uh, M Night Shyamalan does not understand gay people. Like, yeah. Because like there were so many instances where it just didn't feel organic, and that this was one of them. Where like, and this is something that I see writing happen a lot too. They also cover this in Modern Family, which is right. why I'm so fucking woke, everybody. Right. But yeah. there's an episode where like they like kind of show that like in uh, male homosexual relationships, one has to be the wife or one has to be more feminine. Yeah. And Eric was that the whole time. And there is some science behind that, I will say. There has to be somebody with, like, the, quote, masculine energy and somebody with a, quote, feminine energy in, like, every relationship. And that's not strictly homosexual relationships or whatever. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But it it is funny how, like, when There's we're... There's even inverses on heterosexual relationships. 100%. Like and we're, it's funny how we often put them in a very, like... Um, it's almost marginalizing, but it's like a much more exaggerated version of those boxes and those roles. And I like, think it's just the fact like that you we will see this all the, the time. Right. Like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. always this, right. you know? And, and yeah. And that, it's it's cool. It's just one of those things for me where it's like we can, like we're talking about, like we continue to see gay representation in movies sure. as people are becoming more and more accustomed to the fact that, like, people do fall in love with people of the same sex and have, like... Totally. You know, yeah. relationships yeah, with yeah. one another based off of that is people are like, okay, I guess that is like a real thing that happens between human beings. You know what? Like that's yeah. some kind of anyway that it's still classified as this like kind of like the butch one. And you know what I mean? And it's just like right. it just kind of sucks because it's like it's not real. I mean, like you would imagine like a relationship has equal parts. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right? It's not 50 50. It's 100 100, baby. You know what so I mean? You got to bring your shit. How, one, how they know who's to open which penis to insert the <laughs> other penis. I was breaking it down for I don't know if you've ever seen that clip from The Office, but like Dwight and Angela are yeah. asking Toby. And a, it's, this is a conversation with HR, which is what's so fucking funny about this scene to me. How do they know which penis will open to accept the other? penis it's <laughs> so good it's so good because that's not far from how like Shyamalan's writing <laughs> in terms of like understanding how like male homosexual relationships work I just but, don't think he knows how to write humans I think he again just, I think I you're ju- right yeah. he's just a lizard person yeah, I just he's in the, he's in that Zuckerberg territory at this point as far as I'm concerned um well that's why the happening was so good right was it didn't have like it didn't have to make sense because everybody's manic and freaking out. You just write whatever the fuck you want. Zuckerberg's <laughs> early ideas were great. <laughs> you know what I mean. And then he got a whole team of people together. Then like he like not all of them were none Andrew of them were Garfield, right? <laughs> Justin Timberlake. None of them had the balls to like tell him that this is probably a mistake. You know I what I mean? No, I left my Armani suit at the dry cleaner <laughs> with, with my Gap hoodie my fuck you flip-flops that's <laughs> my favorite line in that whole movie <laughs> my prod is at the cleaners <laughs> lawyer up asshole because i'm not coming back for 12 percent. i'm coming back for everything <laughs> garfield should have won an oscar for that shit. Oh, dude, i'm sorry i didn't even like the movie yeah. and he had an incredible dude, performance dude that's how I knew that he was for real, for real. That's why I need to watch Under the Kingdom of Heaven, because I've heard that's really fucking good. What's Under the Kingdom of Heaven? Uh, it's like a, uh, it's an FX studio production about him being a detective. Oh, sick. Okay. It looks really fucking nice. good. I thought it was like the making of Kingdom of Heaven. 
No. <laughs> that, however, he's just like hanging out with Orlando Bloom. <laughs> he's like five. <laughs> <laughs> he's ba- he's baby Jesus. Because <laughs> right. Jesus Cause comes. Because Jesus, was... <laughs> Jesus comes back as a baby. It's like a phoenix. You respawn. It's like <laughs> you're like yeah. three days later. He actually came back yeah. as a baby. <laughs> Golden eagle wings, singing like backup for Leonard Skinner with like a tuxedo T-shirt on because it says, "I want to be formal, but I'm here to party." <laughs> Talladega Nights is top three for Will Ferrell, and I'll die on that hill. Uh, I just wish I, I think liked it's just Will the, Ferrell more. Sure, I just think it's the North Carolina thing. It's like sure. th- this is how these motherfuckers are that are in a oh, NASCAR totally. and shit. This is exactly how they act. This <laughs> this seems like an it's exaggeration. It's not. Guys, after you listen to this episode, if you need an example of what North Carolina is like, just go to YouTube and type in show me your butthole. I I, <laughs> yeah. I promise you it's not like doing it on Google, which will give you a totally different response. But there's just like all these NASCAR dudes. and It starts off with this one dude who's like getting interviewed. He just goes, man, I'm tired of seeing titties. Show me your butthole. <laughs> and then there's like 30 people at the racetrack who are just like, show me your butthole. <laughs> so real. Show me your butthole. Because you gotta, you gotta understand, they've been pre-gaming on fucking Bud Light and like since barbecue six a.m. <laughs> since the night prior. In all seriousness, so it it is what it is, dude. Tailgating out here is different from what y'all think oh, it is dog. wherever you're from. When you go to sleep, you hook up an IV with Pedialyte and Bush Light. I'm telling you, and homie, like we tailgate at hockey games out here. This is North Carolina, and we're out there with the pig cookers and everything. It's like re- like preseason minor league hockey. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in the parking lot of the annex we got the little kids coming out from their like ice skating lessons and everything and man that's good <laughs> you just hear the beers opening up it's 8 30 in the morning what the fuck are you doing you're it's at so a six-year-old's game that's exactly what i'm saying that's exactly what, it's so funny that's why people come down here because like that's we just we just trying to party and chill dude that's all party it is trump rallies that's right <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I'm sorry if people start unfollowing us for this. I'd go to a Trump rally if there was free beer and food, though. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I'm voting for the dude or I support any of this shit. But if it's a party atmosphere, I don't care what we're celebrating. You know what I mean? Until the hoods start coming out. (laughs) Because I can get gone real quick, too. (laughs) That's the other thing about being from North Carolina is you got to be able to escape situations. You know, you got to be able to pivot. (laughs) <laughs> make, yeah, a, make a judgment call yeah you, there's like there's times in north carolina where you have to pretend like you're racist for like three seconds just to get out of a just to get out of a bad situation it's so real dude there was this party we were at it was halloween this is actually the night my ex feel like double o chromosome getting out well of that bitch. And, <laughs> this is actually the night the max girlfriend cheated on me um but what's his name that, that, right <laughs> so what's up ellen and matt i hope you're uh doing well but yeah there's this halloween party and the cops showed up and me being fucking like 25 and on beer number three at one in the morning i just stayed in my lawn chair as they rolled up <laughs> like they were like like 80 people ran into the woods behind this party house that we were like hanging out at and everything like 80 people cops are here oh fuck hide the drugs and shit and i'm just like, like a world war z waterfall i'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm dressed as a baseball player and 
it's a Friday night. For all they know, I just got done with the Little League coaching gig or something like that. And I'm on like my third beer and they come up. Dude, is there a party here? I was like, yeah, dude. He's like, where is everybody? I was like, I don't fucking know. He's like, okay. You do got I look your... like the chaperone? And he was like, you got your license on you? I was like, I do, sir. Here you go. He's like, you're 25. I was like, I'm 25. And he's like, have a good night. <laughs> that's, that was what it was. North Carolina, dude. I'm telling you. That's what it is. I love the anecdotal shit. We're on the uh, phone yeah, so getting the, cut. So, yeah. so there's no phones here. And they're like, you hear uh, one of our other, one of the four, uh, Adrian, is like, hey, so... We don't get service out here either, and we kind of had to cut your line, so... <laughs> we thought it would be a tactical advantage if you could call for help, so, <laughs> so we took care of that. <laughs> and, and everybody's so nice. So... <laughs> I know. <laughs> they make the crack, too, uh, when they come back in the house initially before everyone's afraid and they're checking for phones and shit, where <laughs> after Wen explains everything, they're like, they hear the knock at the door, and they're like, so Jehovah's Witnesses, and it was literally so like sick. they were just being invaded by Mormons, right? <laughs> and keep in mind, allegedly, we are in somewhere like close to Pennsylvania. Yeah, totally. There, we are in BFP. So, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, out, like half of our listeners know exactly what we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> from a scenic standpoint. Them pine barrens out there. Yeah, Jess Euler's like, I can't throw a rock that far. <laughs> I don't believe that. Also, congr- Jess Euler can do fucking anything. Also, so. congrats to her. She's our top interview. Yeah. Which is crazy. Big congrats. Yeah, that's crazy. Big congrats. Yeah, so the the, the other funny side of this one for me is that uh, <laughs> while this is happening, Eric is like directly behind the door. He's like, I've got a gun. Don't come in. And you can hear him outside. Jeez, he says he's got a gun. And then inside, <laughs> Andrew's like, or uh no andrew said i have a gun which means mm. eric was the one that was calling on the phone right. I'm so i'm setting up the room now yeah, yeah, yeah and eric's like um you brought it with you he's like yes and no it's in the car no, outside you're right. <laughs> a- andrew did both of those things did he do both of those Be- okay because cool. eric was holding when got it okay mm. so it's just this funny because like... he's the bottom <laughs> right okay. so the expectations yeah, yeah. were set by uh-huh. Shyamalan already <laughs> got it and it's just this funny exchange where it's like Technically, they're closer to my gun than I am. <laughs> and there's a locked door between us right now. You know what I mean? And then you hear uh, Rupert Grint's character. between us. Redman or um, um, Batista is like, you're fucking bluffing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Redman. You know, because like, Redman yeah. was the only like pseudo-aggressive person right. here. C- that's right, because they try to calm him down. They're like, don't antagonize them. And We're looking back at it, I think I know why. A hundred percent. He was the pushiest one out of all. Yeah, of them. he was on the clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, my man's on the chopping block. Right. Already. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was a funny exchange because again, we're doing that Shyamalan thing where we're sort of flirting with humor and pure terror at this right. point. You know what I mean? There's four people outside with weapons that are coming to break into this house, and I have an eight-year-old girl that I have to protect, mm-hmm. and my gun is closer to them than they, it is to me. You know, what I mean? that's kind of a bad take. If, <laughs> if they decided to raid my car first, they'd have found the gun. Right. <laughs> Which is what you pro tip if you're invading somebody's home check their car first also if you're going on vacation i don't know why you would leave your gun in your car yep why would you bring it and not take it in with you yeah it's I like li- your laptop or something <laughs> <laughs> you know I, mean? I like to leave mine under my bed mm-hmm. so that all i have to do is open it 
here's the thing. It's like, worst case scenario, I just take the case and, like, beat the motherfucker with it. Because mm-hmm. I, like, sleep with, like, knives and tomahawks and shit next to my bed. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's some level of racism. <laughs> but stereotypes exist for a reason. Sure. Um, especially now that, like, never mind. Um, but, <laughs> but. No, go on. <laughs> if, I, if I'm, like, throwing knives at a motherfucker, it's like, okay, well, he's. I don't know, brushing them off, yeah. you know, yeah. or like doing some sort of Wing Chun shit right. to deflect yeah, yeah. them. I at least have some time to get to the loaded gun that humans can't mm-hmm. dodge. <laughs> like, yeah. just be like... I've always, I've always kind of been on board with Sean Avery's take on this. And Sean Avery was a forward for the New York Rangers that was known mm-hmm. to have a little bit of a temper and a little bit of like a manic side to his game and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, he's doing an apartment tour in this uh, episode with Spit and Chicklets, and he like he's like, "What's your like you know defense system in your house?" He's got, I'll sh- he's like, "I'll show you." He's got a fucking fireman's axe that he keeps beside his bed, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, "But what if somebody comes in with a gun? Then I take one in the fucking shoulder. What are you going to do against a fucking axe?" <laughs> you know. What I mean? <laughs> and that's real shit. Totally. Everybody thinks they're going to sh- send one or two to the dome and that's going to be into the fight. That's not how gunfights work in real life. You know what I mean? You'll take two or three, but you still got to knock that body down on the adrenaline oh. high. And that motherfucker's got an axe. <laughs> so uh, good luck. <laughs> that's why I like to keep a variety. That's what I'm saying. You got to bring the arsenal. Yeah, it's a, it's a tomahawk, two buoys. For some reason, nunchucks. Because <laughs> you never know. Because you never know. Your partner's got to hold something. That's the last line of defense. <laughs> I imagine she's weirdly good with nunchucks. Not like, with those. They're way too heavy. Got it. Okay. Because I, I accidentally got... Because, like, guys, I don't know if you know this or not, but nunchucks are weighted. Yeah. So mine are pretty fucking Real heavy. Real ones are anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, because I went with the heavy load, and, like, I'll tell you, like, my nunchuck skills are like subpar, but if I crack you with that motherfucker, you're out, dude. Yeah, like, 100%. <laughs> that's GG's. I put a fucking dent in a tree one time with that bitch. Like, <laughs> the tree bent over and then stood back up. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> then, I've, then, as it turns out, I had ants in my backyard, <laughs> which was a fun conversation. Yeah, I know, because the dryads had to come out and talk for them, Mm -hmm. because they're like, why don't you speak Ent? And I'm like, why are you talking to me? You're Mm -hmm. a tree. And then you put the mushrooms down. Yeah. (laughs) Acid's weird, man. Acid is weird, man. Um, But anyways, we get to, like, the the last straw for the four horsemen, as I have already deemed them at this point. Because there's four of these motherfuckers, and we're talking about the apocalypse. Like I said, subtle as a fucking brick, dude. Come on, man. And they're even, like, color-coded like they are. Like, I'm not even really trying to get on this. There's a red horseman. There's Dave a Bati- black horseman. Dave Bautista's wearing a white There's shirt. There's a pale one. That's the, you know, the one at the very end. The, yeah. the man who set upon the pale horse was death and hell followed with him. You right. know, all of that. Sh- and it's just like, fuck, man. Come on. You know? <laughs> Subtle as a brick, like I said. Um, so n- now we're on like the final straw for the four horsemen and they're like, listen, uh, or Dave Batista is like, you know, he, he, uh, he is death, right? Mm-hmm. He is the harbinger at the end of the day yeah. in an allegorical sense. There's never any kind of like name put to a lot of shit other than like, we're, the, they're the four horsemen. It's like, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. know. Right. Um, you know how you know who the Ninja Turtles are when you see them? 
Exactly. I figured it was the fact that they were turtles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. If they had been on horseback, it would have been less subtle than yeah. it was, you know, or more subtle than it was in this case. Because it's just Rupert Grant comes riding in on a horse. On a little, uh, what were what were they called in uh, Harry Potter? Those ones that you could only see oh, if the you've experienced uh, uh, if you've experienced grief. The like skeletal, skeletal. All the Harry uh, Potter nerds are like fucking like writhing right now. But we <laughs> don't know the answer to this anyway. It's like I say, I don't. Yeah, it's cool. That would have been a cool flex, though. But anyway, they're they're like we. But w- it's not. <laughs> we will find a way in. So you might as well open this door. And they're like, ah, we're not letting you through the door. And they fucked around and found out because mm-hmm. they found a way in. And in fact, Sabrina, I think, is the first one that actually makes it through the gate. And she's got my favorite weapon of the four, I will say, because it's like this sickle thing. And because of what it represents for her, her, uh, her, uh, her, <laughs> for her horsemen, having the reaping side yeah. of that was kind of, it was one of those, see? Yeah. Subtlety. The, the you hammer, know what I mean? The hammer did take me out of it, though. Right. Because the bottom was a fucking chain mm-hmm. with a, like, mallet on the end. And right. I was just, these were the crudest weapons uh-huh. I have seen in my but entire life. But that was the one that represented conquest. So that was mm-hmm. the guy that has to be the loudest and the one that's really announcing you're kind of, for a lack of a better way of putting it, like the flag bearer. Right. You know? Right, right. And so that that's kind of what Rupert's character represented. So, again, I get all of that shit. You know what I mean? It's like... It just anybody felt very who's ever read the, <laughs> Right. Anybody who's ever read the Bible. And, in fact, there are probably more people that have strictly just read Revelations than they have the entire Bible. Just because of what it represents in terms of like, you know. (laughs) Because we've broken into the house, right? Right, right. Sabrina is like, it doesn't have to be this way. Y'all can chill the fuck out. (laughs) I'm not drinking the water. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, like, or Eric lunges at her and she just like hits him in the head. (laughs) Like the, the, <laughs> right, right, I, right. I love that there was just an immediate reaction to that. Like, oh fuck, oh fuck, we really don't want to hurt you. I'm so sorry. Like these people. Are... It's like it's like when you accidentally kill the legendary that you're trying to catch in Pokemon. <laughs> Shit, restart. Did we save? <laughs> Can you we throw fix your this? Game Boy against <laughs> right. the wall? <laughs> right, right. Hard reset. Hard reset. We got to try this again. <laughs> So the point being that everyone is now in the house and Batiste is like, hey, man. (laughs) (laughs) And meanwhile, the nurse in this case, this is uh, Sabrina. She's like, he's got a concussion. He's badly concussed. He needs help. We need to get everybody fucking like secured and Mm -hmm. everything so we can like move along with this process. Okay, that's a good idea. I'm sorry. Again, this didn't have to be this way Mm -hmm. and everything. And at this point, like Andrew has taken control of or not control, but he's like holding on to win and everything and trying to make sure that like she's secure while all this is going down. Um, There's not a whole lot of anything that goes on in the next sequence except for this flashback thing that happens yeah so we're gonna go ahead and go over all the flashbacks because it's like okay we're at uh eric and andrews with what i assume was eric's parents Mm -hmm. um and apparently they don't approve them being gay Mm -hmm. that was that fridge yeah (laughs) i like your fridge Thanks. That's where I put my dildos. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And then we get to the ice blowjobs of vibe, dude. Put some ice in the mouth and like Man. get a, get get a blowjob from put some, some ice in that bong. You know dog. what I'm saying? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Some Gatorade <laughs> in that bong, dude. Yeah, that's you know. 
I watched a dude fucking drink the bong water one time. Oh, God almighty. Because he put cool. Here's my thing. He put fucking Kool-Aid in it. Did he even like, was there any kind of, well, go ahead. Finish the story. Yeah. But I'll ask my question. He had, we had smoked like a couple days. I didn't realize that there was Kool-Aid in the bottom of mm. it. Because I, you know, can take a bong hit like a champ. And this motherfucker goes, you want to drink it? I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> How long do you think I've been smoking dope for? Like a week? <laughs> right. He goes, no, nah, man, like there's Kool-Aid in it. I was like, there's Kool-Aid in your bong? Like, what the fuck? There's Kool-Aid in our fridge. Why don't we just drink that? <laughs> why, why do we have to drink the we bong can. aid? We put all the Kool-Aid in the bong. <laughs> it's like 70% of the pipe stem. It's just... <laughs> You look down. <laughs> There's actually, it's not even ice we put in it. It's just a popsicle. <laughs> Your smoke's red. That's yeah. not how that works, in case you guys were wondering. Right, um, yeah. But yeah, just put water in your bong, Just guys. put water Come in your on. fucking bong. Yeah, learn how to hit it, and you're going to be fine. Dog, he drank it through the stem. He didn't even drink it through oh the fucking God. bong. See, I was about to hit the inhale on the old vape there, and I knew you were going to go in that direction. That's just one of those things, like, man... I've had I've had a couple of fucking stale ass gravity bong hits sure, before totally. and that kind of thing and I know how that hits your fucking upper lungs and oh, that, yeah. that like voice box area in here. <laughs> man, it's not fun. I don't I don't care how high you get. That's like that's oh, yeah. such a fucking just dirty way of going about it, in my opinion. Yeah, you know the best way is to take a grav. I believe that. So we're or no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> I do believe that the best way is to take a grab because you do get fucking high. But uh, what what what's the what's the process look like? So Break it down. we and by that I mean me and some friends we had gotten their parents had money, which means that they had like one of those uh, water dispensers that you see at yeah. like you know uh, I don't know an auto shop mm-hmm. or fucking whatever, and uh, we took about a quarter of that off. We put this mm-hmm. giant metal bowl mm-hmm. and melted that into the top. Got it. We got into a pool. <laughs> You're talking about like a Le blue kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I'm, I'm talking yeah. gallons. <laughs> so you would get in the pool. They would put the grab down over top of you. They put the cap on. Probably fit like a fucking gram in it. And somebody would fucking light it and pull up as you go into it. <laughs> Man, you were like a goddamn astronaut. That is such an inefficient yet efficient way of doing it. You know what I mean? I would say, dog, yeah. I've never been that high in my life, yeah. so I don't know about all that. Right. I have definitely, in my experience, like, I hate getting too high. And that, like, sure. I've always been kind of a one, because I don't partake like that. I've always been kind of like the one or two hit wonder of the group. You know totally. what I mean? It doesn't take a whole lot to get me where I want to be. I just That's where I'm comfy after a while. at. You know what I mean? But Jesus Christ, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine. Go outside and sit there with, like, the deer and shit in the backyard for about 30 minutes and just, like, stare at the fucking trees. I think I just stand in there until I suffocate. <laughs> <laughs> And you, the asthmatic, I mean, you would know. (laughs) It doesn't take long. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like floundering on the side of the pool. (laughs) He's got a concussion. (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, we got the flashback sequences. There's another one that comes up longer where um, they're. This is actually them like driving up to the cabin where they're staying. This is a vacation cabin, by the way. This isn't their yeah. home. It took me a minute to get there in my yeah. and like the story progression. Oh, they oh. don't actually live here. Also, on the rest of those flashbacks, real quick. The only that's thing- what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's oh, right. Uh, I forgot yeah. that we needed to watch them go to the cabin right. that we're already at. Right. They're listening to uh, Boogie Shoes, which mark that. Um, that's mm-hmm. kind of it for that flashback. We have another flashback where we are um, at a bar. I think the bar actually comes out after they make it to the lake in the cabin yeah. and they're swimming in the water. That's another whole flashback sequence. And then there's the last one where they're at the bar where they're having a conversation and somebody comes up and is like, hey, can you keep it the fuck down, you gays? You know, and it's and, Rupert Grant. And it's Rupert Grant. And it's like, uh, no, we're not going to keep it the fuck down. Is it because we're gay? And he's like, fuck you. And he comes <laughs> back with a bottle and hits the shit out of fucking Andrew's. Like, on the back, and breaks a bottle over the back of his head and everything. Mm-hmm. And Andrew describes it at some point in the movie where we got attacked in a bar by some homophobic asshole. And I spent years in therapy as a result of mm-hmm. that. Right. And that's kind of like, those are the flashbacks. Yeah. And. Again, like I, they just kind of felt unnecessary to me. Right. What what they're trying to establish in my in my opinion is this is Eric's consciousness trying to get back to why this could be happening to them, why they're in this totally. situation, and that kind of thing. Um, and and is it a hate crime? Are they being targeted for being gay? Because this dude who's clearly here is clearly the guy that hit my husband, boyfriend, whatever at right. some point or another. And so the premise being that we are in this sort of hostage situation, for a uh, lack of a better way of putting it, um, where we are about to get the explanation for why this is going down, right? Right. And we kind of have Dave Bautista, who is just like this very soft-spoken, as we now are figuring out, or finding out, because everybody introduces themselves. Leonard, played by Dave Batista, is a second grade teacher, not a pedophile like we thought initially. Um, Eric, uh, Sabrina is a night nurse or a post op nurse mm-hmm. rather, uh, and has been for the last like ten, fifteen years, something like that. Uh, Redmond is a bigot, and Adrian <laughs> is a line cook. Yeah. Uh, she has a kid. Redmond is Redmond. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabrina is just. I did she? Oh, she has a half sister. Yeah, that's young, mm-hmm. and I think that's about all that's really brought up. And the the thing that's necessary about this is what they're trying to do is establish their stakes in this game, right? They're mm-hmm. trying to humanize themselves in spite of everything that they've put this young family through to this point. Um, because what we're dealing with is a world ending scenario. So this is kind of the meat of what this story is about from a storytelling plot perspective. Um, essentially the way that this mechanic works is that there are, um, four instances of judgment that will be passed. Um, the first four, you say, right, (laughs) right. The first instance will be the oceans rising like a fist and destroying this, whatever. The second one is going to be a plague that's just going to destroy this or whatever. The third will be the sky falling like pieces of glass. And the fourth being um, the earth will be torched by the fingers of God, you know, but the finger of God and everything. So we've established what everybody's parameters are. Everybody's got stakes in this game. The game itself is that in order to prevent any of this from happening, 
the family has to make a choice to sacrifice one of their own. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to kill either Eric or Andrew or when they have to voluntarily sacrifice themselves for this. And none of the four horsemen for just cause we're just going to yeah. start calling them that now yeah. um, are allowed to make that decision for them or kill them. This has to be completely voluntary yeah. from the innocent side. I don't think that whoever died, and I'm not trying to like be nitpicky about it, mm-hmm. but I don't think whoever was going to be the sacrifice, I don't think that they had to volunteer. Yeah. I, th- I think it's, it's just a decision or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. the decision's yeah. made, and, and honestly, like, I think that's part of it is like that's inherently part of it mm-hmm. uh, because you. And they say later in the movie, I think you were chosen because of how pure all of your love is, which is fucked up and why I don't believe in God to begin with. <laughs> is that is some Old Testament shit right there? That's that right virgin there. shit. You that's know what, what I mean? Saying, the sacrificial man. lamb like, kind of vibe. And that's that kind of Abraham yeah. killing his son for no fucking reason. Because and the God angel being like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, was, mm-hmm. I was fucking kidding. I was fucking kidding. We have the two winners of the 74th annual Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, like you were saying, like the the stakes are are here. We know what they are. We know how the game is played mm-hmm. now. The part that we're about to learn is the fact that every time that they say no, they sacrifice one of the horsemen, and mm-hmm. by sacrificing one of the horsemen is what brings on the next play. Uh, right. The thing that I didn't like about this movie that we will get into here in a little bit is when you get to the fourth horseman and you sacrifice him. The fourth horseman's even like. You got a couple minutes, actually. Like, and that's just not how hell following death works. I just don't think that's how <laughs> books are written. <laughs> right, right, right. Because the thing is, is like, presumably, I'm going to take four as 25% of the population <laughs> is what they represent. So when right. one of these fuckers goes down, mm-hmm. so does about 2.2 billion people, 2.1 billion mm-hmm. people. You know what I mean? And it's just kind of like. Okay, this is a pretty heavy decision to make. So we immediately kick it off to, um, you know, the gang and we're like, and we're like, uh, do you want to make a decision now? And they're like, fuck, no, we don't believe this fucking shit. You're targeting us, you know, as homosexuals or as like a family that's just on a vacation or whatever. Homosexuals. So Redman gets down on his knees. He lays his weapon down. He has the um, the emotional response of like fuck I'm fucking scared like this sucks you mm-hmm. know and um, he puts a hood over his eyes uh, over his head and he says a part of humanity has been judged yeah. at which point the three remaining horsemen all take their weapons to the dome to yeah. the back of his dome more mm-hmm. specifically for kill number one kill number fucking one kill number fucking one wig splitter Redmond <laughs> it, it was Ron Weasley. Uh, to backtrack just a second, the one thing I do want people to understand is something that gets brought up is, in the rules uh, is if you don't make a choice, everyone on Earth dies, Yeah, and you are doomed to walk the Earth alone. In those final moments. Not even if... Well, so, they say alone uh, physically and cosmically. Cosmically, yeah. And that that was the only line that hit hard for uh, me from Shyamalan in because, this movie. Because from like, again, from a biblical standpoint, you have to understand that when the apocalypse goes down, God has completely abandoned Earth. 
as right. it stands. It will be destroyed and a new one will be formed from the people that were saved, essentially, right. you know, and that kind of thing. So cosmically abandoned is a pretty heavy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. W- w- like, I, I, I don't even fucking know what that means. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> is that like being paternally abandoned or... <laughs> I was saying, as somebody with abandonment issues, it's really crazy that I can't fucking grasp this. So that right. that line hit really fucking hard in this movie. We get the news report, right? He's like, like turn the TV on, turn fucking strawberry shortcake off, and we're going to watch the news now, <laughs> which is exactly what happens. Right. And, and <laughs> like, you know, we get the start tidal pools and of course, of 8.7 like, magnitude earthquake off the coast of Seattle. Yeah. They're like, hey, this is about to body Hawaii. And of course, uh, Andrew being the top was like, this is just not real. This is all bullshit. You're perpetrating shit. That's not going to fucking happen. And da, 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 da. And in the mean, he was like, that was pre-recorded. You already knew. And it was like. That's live news, yeah, dude. And they bring it up later because they watch live news the whole f- mm-hmm. like every time that one of the horsemen die. Which, by the way, guys, spoiler alert: they're all gonna die. Mm-hmm. Like every time they turn on the TV and something else happens, that is exactly what they said it was going to yeah. be. Exactly, and we get this really cool sequence where we see the tsunami as a result of the um, mm-hmm. as the result of the earthquake that actually like wipes out an entire beach off the coast of Oregon. I think is what they're talking about in this sense or in this case. Um, so cool special effects moment. We see like four hundred people get wiped out by this wave, and I don't know about you, man, but as somebody that loves the beach. When if like a tsunami kind of event happens and that kind of thing, I'm just fucking laying down. You can't outrun that shit. There's no way you can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were talking about like giving people a chance to get to shelter and shit on the news. Like from fucking what? <laughs> what shelter can outlast a tsunami? I you, actually have nightmares about that. Talking shit. about and a, a fucking, tsunami couldn't even hit us. Right. <laughs> talking about like a twenty story building or something like. You know what I mean? Like what the fuck are you talking about? That's why I took a tap on titan so long to fucking come back was, <laughs> right well the uh wit i guess i think before they switched to mappa got hit by that fucking tsunami in yeah. japan and i was like mm-hmm. cool we already waited two years for the second season mm-hmm. to come out can't on wait to wait day, <laughs> humanity received a grim reminder <laughs> <laughs> we're just cattle to the slaughter ain't no, ain't no way i'm sorry to make like a joke about like this terrible situation but like ain't no way that there weren't a couple of those motherfuckers that were replaying that intro in oh, their yeah. head. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> so while all this is going down, I mean, it's apparent that like the shit they said was going to happen is actually happening. At this point, I'm sold on the concept and I want the fucking dudes to make a decision. Yeah. Because at this point, I don't care how deep my love is for the person across the room or how deep their love is for me. One of us has got to fucking go. We're talking about t- North of two billion people and if we're wrong it's just one of us you know what i mean and it's like i know it's like oh but that's the whole thing is like what are you willing to sacrifice for the greater good of humanity we're talking about two billion human beings here Mm -hmm. okay you know what i'm saying it's like that's not that's not even comparable i am never and i hope i will never but i like to think that i'm never going to be the type of person that would exalt myself over the lives of two billion people yeah, and it's it's so weird too, man, cuz like I was thinking about this earlier cuz I know for a fact that I could not kill my partner. But I'd be fine being a tree. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like, I just, like, I, it's like, what do you do? Live with yourself like that? Nah, dog. That's I'll what be I'm a saying. Pot, I'll be a pot plant. That's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> and there wasn't even really a caveat about you couldn't kill yourself. I mean, that's where, that's where my head would be. I'm not even going to make her do it. Yeah. You know what I well, mean? Oh, uh, no, there was the caveat. They have to kill you? Yeah. Oh, okay. You were well, not allowed to kill then yourself. Then I'm going to insist that they kill me exactly. because that's what it is it's like i i don't care if you believe this is real so or i'm not. saying this is some old testament bullshit as somebody <laughs> that watched thousands of people die on live tv on september 11th 2001 can't fathom have watching two billion of them die on live tv <laughs> and having a say in how many more survive exactly you know what i'm saying so this is where the plot i kind of lose the plot in this sense because i don't believe there's a human that would put themselves above yeah. that personally I was actually talking to my mom about that yesterday and she because she's finally like I know some of you have heard about her journey so far on this cast about becoming more woke to things that are happening in the world. Uh, But it was really cool because she was like, I just don't understand why you would think that way. I was like, Mom, because when I was a kid, I watched 2000 people die on television Mm -hmm. and it never got better. And the funny part of this was she looks at me and goes, 3,000. I was like, exactly. Boom. 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 Right. You're putting the wrong emphasis on that. (laughs) Putting the ass in emphasis. Dude, I'm telling you. Um, But but yeah, there, there was just like, I couldn't imagine being like, okay, if I don't die, not only is this other person gonna die in front of me like we've already found out about for the cult, literally a billion times more people are going to die if you had a say in whether or not the second tower got hit at like nine or ten however old you were at the right time, you know what i'm saying yeah. come on man yeah you exactly. know after watching that go down yeah so it just it is what it is um we get a cut like i said a flashback happens here we've already gone over them and we are now nursing up eric there is the conversation that sabrina has with him where she talks about this uh this kind of mantra that her dad gave him or gave her that says trust in more than yourself trust mm-hmm. in someone more than yourself or something greater than yourself or whatever and she's sort of like is telling herself this as she's working in the hospital every single day and then she begins having these visions like everybody else in the mm-hmm. room has had and everybody that's approached this cabin has had and that kind of thing um so there's some theorizing that happens between the dads at this point there's not a whole lot that comes out of it it's mostly just that same back and forth kind of banter like i don't really believe this is real no you're right i don't believe this is real either and we're gonna do this together and it felt like they just kind of kept confirming that between each other to keep themselves strong which i get that that's like a relationship Mm -hmm. but like it it was also just one of those things where like high stress scenario hang on to the truth Honesty is very important in a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's, if I felt like, I, I think the difference is they were very young in their relationship. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, my partner and I have been together for like 11 years. And this is like the point where honesty really starts to come mm-hmm. out about shit. And they just weren't there yet. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, there are things that you, like, you just, there's a level of honesty where it's like if you feel a certain way you need to fucking mm-hmm. say it like there has to be that safety net of understanding that you're not upsetting the other person as much as you are just telling them what they need to hear or this is how i feel yeah like and i need you to sort of hear that and digest that because, well it's like you said earlier yeah. like if somebody told you that there was going to be a tsunami or told me that there was going to be a tsunami mm-hmm. and then 
somebody killed themselves in front of us and there was a tsunami. Right. <laughs> like, fucking kill me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm good at that point. And again, I also feel like this is one of those things like biblically, like I feel like I've made my peace with death. I feel like when my time comes, sure. I'm going to stonewall Jackson that shit. Like, <laughs> I'm not worried about it. When it happens, it was meant to happen. Sure. You know what I mean? So that's that's just kind of where it begins and ends for me. Um Wynn ends up escaping during the sequence of debate about how they should handle this and that kind of thing. But Batista quickly rounds her back up and brings her in. And now there's like, okay, new rule. Nobody leaves the fucking cab. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know, I roll. Uh, I literally put it in as when runs. Right. (laughs) Right, Because I was just like, again, it was just one of those scenes that just like, where was she going to go? Also, this just doesn't make sense. There was a lot that like, I've been doing a lot of film editing uh, recently with uh, Ember, and I do understand that there's a level that you kind of like need to break up shots mm-hmm. and you need to break up what's happening, which is ultimately why these flashbacks were in here. I think it just didn't need to be. I think this could have been an 80 minute movie. It could be less easily, but I really th- like I just I don't need a backstory that they're mm-hmm. gay. I know that they're gay. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I know that they adopted this child. Neither one of them are Asian. <laughs> or that or that they would have a reason to not like not believe these people because of trauma yeah. that they've been through and that kind of thing. Of course. Of course. <laughs> everybody's been through shit that makes them not take things at face value from people exactly. who come into their vacation home. We don't need to like spend time on that. Because if that's, somebody walked into my house granted. and started spinning that bullshit, I'd be right. like, get the fuck out of my house, right. dude. Like- <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of that kind of shit going on here. Um, Redmond, it turns out, like we said, was the guy from the bar. They sort of established that. And so now the thing is, they do know who we are. The names did matter. And that kind of, it's like, OK, whatever. They actually didn't, though. That was the, that was the thing it was like they just it didn't matter who anybody was. Right. So we get to the uh, you have like until tomorrow morning to make this choice. Right. Yeah. The next morning comes. They don't make a choice. Ariadne, not Ariadne. Adrian is up next. And she she starts kind of pleading her case. She's like, look, I'm going to be straight up. I got a kid. I really don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want him to die. I would love it. I don't want another billion people to die. Right. (laughs) And they're like, nah, fuck you. So, yeah, she puts the mask over her head and the whole thing, judgment has been passed or part of humanity has been judged or yeah. Yeah, whatever yeah. the that, lingo yeah, is. Yeah, that's the line. Yeah. So that hits. Second second wave comes. Kill number two. Kill number fucking two. Scrambled brains. <laughs> we get uh, uh, a, an insight onto the plague that's coming, which uh, Shyamalan insisted. <sighs> I'm, I'm going to I'm not going to blame this on the writer of the book. I'm going to say this is Shyamalan's influence. Totally. He insisted on naming this X nine. If we're treating that as a Roman numeral, we now have uh, 19 nine. Yeah. or like 10, nine or yeah. 19 or whatever. So it's obviously alluding to COVID-19. And it's just so stupid. And it's just one of those things where it's like, and they even go back and forth. It's not a plague. We've known about this for months. We we can probably contain it and everything. (laughs) And there's that whole commentary on like how we can't handle COVID-19 as a planet and everything and how like we couldn't contain it. And that so they like explore that a little bit. And, and what I will say is with that scene, they did make it very real as far as like, we didn't have beds mm-hmm. for people, which is literally something that we as a country went through. Mm-hmm. And as a lot of the world actually mm-hmm. went through, like, except for like places that didn't comment on it, which I assume that like you were either too cold, like Russia who made COVID-19 in my opinion, that, but that's, 
Yeah. That's that's for the conspiracy episode. Sure. Um, but it was just like if that scene felt very real. Mm-hmm. It also kind of made it so it was easier to deny because guess how many COVID nineteen deniers there were. Mm-hmm. You know, right. And look at how many of us fucking survived. I mean, God bless. But, like, how many of us fucking made through that? That wasn't any kind of, like, billions of people dying from this shit kind of plague. This That's was, what I'm saying. Is they were showing, saying, like, you know? graphs on the fucking news, and it was just giant parts of countries were like, this is dead. This is dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is dead. <laughs> right. You might want to see if you can get your money back from that Aspen trip. <laughs> um. It, 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 uh, oh my god yeah niagara falls has stopped flowing <laughs> <laughs> um so now uh as far as the uh we're now down to two horsemen so yep. we have um we've got sabrina and uh leonard batista mm, but batista mm-hmm. um and of course now we're going through the whole like escape idea like what are we gonna do like yeah a knife gets passed to eric they mm-hmm. wind up cutting through the the rope and... when causes a little bit of a distraction yeah. scene i want to watch cartoons like it was it was so right much and it's so funny because like she's such an intelligent child yeah. so to like watch her have like a meltdown like that play I'm... on that second grader meltdown in front of the second grade teacher yeah like, you know? <laughs> he's like all right we're gonna count to five together <laughs> right. and i'm just like dude our... it's okay to feel sad sometimes <laughs> <laughs> i just go back to like mr garrison from south park <laughs> With the two daddies, two daddies. And, I mean, like, luckily she didn't have people written by Matt Parker and Troy Stone, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure I just fucked up their names and just reversed it. But it's fine. Trey Parker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, we get where we're coming from. They don't now. give a fuck anyways. No. <laughs> Can't wait for that Under the Floorboard South Park episode, though. That's going to be incredible. Oh, God. We should do the Treehouse of Horrors at some point from The Simpsons. That's what I actually care about. I was going to say, that should have been our their, uh, uh, Halloween plans this year. Yeah, that I been know. Great. Instead, yeah. we'll have some uh, something a little spicy we've already planned out. Maybe that's what we do next year. My microphone flew away from me. The microphone exploding. <laughs> Dropping bees to shock the molding. <laughs> Get the fuck off the commoding. Sure, it'll make the bodies drop. Drop it, don't cop it, y'all. It's called us a co-op. But anyways, <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> we Eric, get... I'm gonna need you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Got <Okay>. it. <laughs> um, Maya Rudolph's the fucking goat, dude. I don't even care how much of a bitch she was to Sean. Like that shit was so blowing my funny. shorts out <laughs> on live television. <laughs> it's a YouTube show, <laughs> Sean. Need you to shut the I'm fuck need up. You to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> um, but my but my favorite part of this conversation uh, is obviously uh, Aunt Daddy Andrew is still trying to cling on to the idea mm-hmm. that none of this is real. This is just a bunch of fucking whack jobs. Mm-hmm. Who are targeting gays in the middle of the woods? It's for purely some coincidental that now 4.4 billion people are dead as a result <laughs> of this thing that's happening to me right now. Purely coincidental. <laughs> um, 
But all I could think to myself, because it was like, you people met each other on the internet. You don't even know. And they're like, we all had the same vision. I was like, damn, chat roulette's crazy right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's a hell of a tender bio. <laughs> Visionary. Swipe right if you've had the vision. <laughs> um, so, anyways... We have like this pseudo super shitty escape, right? Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. You know, yeah, because we have everybody manages to break free and shit, and like we get control of like the knife that we cut with, and we're defending ourselves from Batista. But Batista's like blocking it with a chair. Uh, meanwhile, uh, which it isn't lost on me that the wrestler would take up arms with a chair. <laughs> just saying, he's got him on the turnbuckle. <laughs> just saying. And it was funny, too, because uh, Eric also had the, like, he grabbed his chair when he went to the ground <laughs> right, to, like, right. defend when. And he's like, yeah. you get away from my daughter. And, like, Batista's just, like, having an autistic breakdown over top. It <laughs> right, was right. like, I don't know what to do. Do I kill him? I can't kill him because then the right, world's going to end. Right. I need I'm to, not like, even trying to get to your daughter. Just stop waving that fucking chair in my face. Stop waving that chair at my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew goes out to the the uh, the Subi, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting the Sub. I think it was a Land Rover. Okay, that's cool. I, yeah. I don't know what gays drive. Yeah. I know what lesbians yeah, drive right. because it's a lesbian. Right, Foresters. In our lesbaru. <laughs> Mark that. My community fans know what I'm talking about. That's it. <laughs> and he uh, <laughs> he closes himself in the car. Finds the gun case. It so is, he does get stabbed in the leg first. Not quite. Oh, not, not, no. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. He, it's, before he gets, he gets, he gets in, he gets clubbed in the, in the knee and by Sabrina. And Sabrina's like, huh, I just can't let you leave like that. And he's like, I'm going to get in the car anyway. And she's like, okay. I, I only I only stabbed you in the knee because I don't want you to run away because we, ha- we have to fucking do this. But, like, I'm probably not going to do anything else. Okay. <laughs> so he's like, Pocket to- sand. Yeah. <laughs> pocket sand. Shusha! <laughs> Literally throws pocket sand in her face. Climbs in the car. Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, she's just like, ah! <laughs> she reacts as anyone would to pocket sand. So he crawls in the Range Rover and fucking... And he does it through the front seat, so it's... Like, the gayest <laughs> position I've seen in this entire movie, because he's just in, like, doggy style. On you know what it reminded me of? Was fucking... Sex. What, it reminded me of fucking um, Pineapple Express when... Car! <laughs> <laughs> gets in the car, closes the door, Franco slams up. Like, ah! <laughs> that's, that's, what's going, that's how it's going down. But yeah, 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 go ahead. Oh, God. You were talking about the fact that the gun wasn't loaded when we were watching this. Yes! Oh, my God! So you're telling me that, like... And, you know, there's another flashback, too, that explains that he bought a gun because he got beat up in a bar by Rupert Grant. Which, like, Um, if you got beat up by Rupert Grant, it's like, you kind of had it coming. It's like one of the worst Gryffindors of all time. (laughs) Dude, Neville Longbottom had more to do with the fact that the 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 shit ended the way that it did then then we Neville Longbottom was also the other child they thought was the prophecy so boom yeah um dude I'll I'll drop some Neville knowledge anytime that's what I'm saying um and I I've never even read all of Harry Potter my for those of you who are like then how do you know well because my partner listens to fucking 
Harry Potter when she goes to bed. It's the same way you know everything that there is to know about The Office because there's so many goddamn things <laughs> about The Office on <laughs> the internet that you don't even it. you don't even actually have to watch it. You can just put all the jokes together because that's the best part because there is no plot. Let me break The Office down for you real quick. Everybody works in an office. Michael Scott, played by Steve Carell, is the the leader of The Office. There's some like upper management shit the that goes leader to, of the right. Office. He's the regional manager of The Office, right? So. Some shit happens. Eventually, he meets a girl and decides to go marry her wherever she lives because her parents have, like, fucking dementia or something. Then they get a new person comes in. That person is played by Will Ferrell. Then they get another person, Robert California, who's played by a guy whose name I don't remember, but he was the dude, the main guy from, um, Jesus, I'm having a hard time today. I feel like I've hit that, like, apex on the alcohol. Oh, totally. Um, What's his name? Goddamn. What's, um, not the West Wing. House of Cards. What's the main guy, the actor from House of Cards? Oh, the molesty one? No, the main character. Oh, I never watched it. Okay. Anyway, he plays the next boss, and then Michael Scott ends up coming back at the very end to, Uh, like, resolve everything. Is Idris Elba on that show Idris Elba is a boss at some point, and that's kind of what my point is, is it just cycles through power and, like, the dynamic that the power moves make and that kind of thing. And aside from that, it's just the memes and the clips that you've already seen because that's what the jokes are and everything. <laughs> so that's that. Um, so, yeah, man, pocket sand. We're in a car with a fucking unloaded gun. He takes the gun, loads it, gets all of his rounds in one at a time and everything because he's an idiot and didn't, like, preload his gun. In the, sen- in the In the instance that you would need to defend yourself from somebody that's breaking into your car and trying to harm your family, you would need a loaded gun and your person, but, in fact, it's in his car and unloaded. So, hence why we're here, right? Yeah. Cause he ends up firing on Sabrina. But she dodges it, and he's like, I swear to fucking God, if you don't put that shit down and run away right now. She's like, I'm putting it down, and I'm running away right now. (laughs) Oh, kind of off into the woods and everything. (laughs) Run away! Because, like, as a gun owner, I got to tell you, like, some people might be like, well, they had a kid in the house. Okay, here's my thing. Um, What I do when, because I have a party every year for my birthday, as a lot of people come to, and I have guns in my house, Mm -hmm. and our Shit's actually kid-friendly. What I do, for those of you who are uneducated on firearms, that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's totally your right. But what I do is I unload the guns and I put a shot lock through it, which Mm -hmm. makes it so you would literally have to, first of all, have the key to my shot lock, which goes through the (laughs) barrel of the gun. Right. (laughs) You would then need to know how to load it Mm -hmm. and then shoot yourself. Right. So in this instance, if this kid learned how to get the keys get into the car and then take the safety off which your safety should be on because he was rocking a fucking Mm semi-automatic and then kill herself that kid had a destiny (laughs) i also just have never gone on vacation packing heat oh i do really oh yeah okay foreign lands absolutely (laughs) but we're talking about a cabin in the woods oh wait a minute yeah yeah people get molested in cabins eric right everyone i'm thinking about my airbnb theory and how none of them are safe and now i'm like yeah you're right you know there's the rental there's late checkout i've just never gone on vacation with anybody that wasn't stronger than me slash 
sure groups of like 18 people you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> so i've never like been afraid for my safety in a vacation scenario yeah, i don't but think it's like, you know, you what know I mean? it's not like we're getting drunk and i'm pulling my gun out you know like most... i have been around that motherfucker and that dude can oh, go to hell yeah i'm that's, sorry that's a fucked up energy no and this that's, this dude yeah. had, this dude had a fucking compound bow that he would bring like fucking knock and everything <laughs> and it was and he would just point I'm it and sorry, this is so no stupid. this is clemens bro you wanted to know about what it's like out here this is north carolina <laughs> shit he would he would get his fucking hunting bow knock it and bring it into the fucking garage where we're all like fucking smoking weed and getting drunk and that kind of thing fucking tack roll and then does a push-up to get he up. did this dude's a seal now holy the, this god this dude's defending our fucking coastline or whatever the fuck seals do i think that's coast guards i think they shoot orca. <laughs> i think they actually shoot orcas right right we uh, have to defend the seals i don't know where seals are stationed right now but it's just like this this guy would brandish fucking lethal weapons on a regular basis oh for the sake of inflicting fear in people that were fucking high and drunk in his garage oh my and god and that guy is a piece of fucking shit Oh, dude, fuck that. Absolutely not. Absolutely fucking not. No, most of the time, like, people get mad at me because I have it. Right. But they they didn't. But here's the thing is they didn't know that I had it the entire time. Right. Because someone will make a comment. I'll be like, we'd have been safe because I'd have just blown the motherfucker away. You know, like, and they're just like, you had a fucking gun here. I was like, well, you just said you were worried about being safe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's it. There's always that question. Are you afraid of guns? No, I'm not afraid of guns. When you're pointing them loaded at me and you're intoxicated, (laughs) there's a different heightened level of like fucking, you know, yeah, this is real fear. I don't know what you're capable of in this state. You know what I mean? There's also a fucking gun pointed at me. So, you know. Sorry, I'm a little on right. fucking edge right, right. now. <laughs> Hunger Games was really hot. Everybody was a fucking archer all of a sudden. You know, this is back in like 2013. So. <laughs> Natalie Dormer. <laughs> right. I love Natalie Dormer so Dude, much. I, I can't even. Oh, my God. I love her so much. She had that like side buzz thing that like Dude, no. every like alt Stop girl had. Stop trying to make me get hard at this table she <laughs> was so goaded dude and yeah. fucking marjorie in game of thrones she was oh that yeah little, she was that little minx like mm-hmm. pulling the strings kind of character it's just like dude <laughs> i i love that fucking like sassy powerful woman there's something about that for I me i like that you went from like a 20 year old to marjorie terrell <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> just saying. There's just something about it. There's just something about it, dude. Something about the way she moves. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, man. So we we get the uh Hold on, before we before we keep move going. on, yeah, yeah. We, we get the biggest continuity er- error error. Era? Error. The biggest continuity error in this entire movie. So while he's loading the gun, he gets stabbed in the gut. Cause there you go. Okay. Sabrina's like, I don't know what to do. So she stabs him a little bit, and he just keeps loading the gun like <laughs> nothing's uh? fucking... Uh? It, it, like just keeps going like nothing's fucking happening. So and- she stabs it deeper in yeah. him to make him stop. <laughs> and he goes... Uh? Oh, God. It's so deep. (laughs) (laughs) And there is no tear in his shirt. No blood. blood. Nothing. There's nothing Nothing. for the rest of it. And I was just kind of like, okay, like, you know, we give a lot of... 
uh, leniency on independent films, right? Because there's a difference between like a movie that's made on ten thousand sure. dollars and one with like seven thousand seven million dollars plus, right? I just refuse to believe that somebody that would willingly concuss the key to this whole operation and saving eight billion lives and effectively the world and the future of the planet Earth itself would ever, under any circumstances, just gently poke somebody to get them to stop doing something that was well, going she to can't kill him, but to like potentially jeopardize the whole operation. She's not gonna. I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna stick you. I'm going to stick you. Just gently <laughs> pre- not breaking skin, just pressing it a little bit harder. Yeah, you know what that is. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't believe... Because she knocked Eric the fuck out not 30 minutes earlier in the movie. She you know, the shit out of That's that. That's what I'm saying, man. Caught him in the front. She would have stabbed that dude. <laughs> she would have absolutely stabbed that dude. That was right, right beside the kidney and everything. There's nothing mm-hmm. important in there. That's sending a fucking message. But there ain't any reason... Why you don't have a cut in your shirt and the the bleeding and everything. Because that's what it's trying to... She was hesitating. She wasn't going to actually stab him. Shut the fuck up. She's also uh, next on the chopping block. Exactly. Right. So why wouldn't she be trying to accelerate the, like, the... the the humanity of it all, you know what I right, mean? Right, because she like runs away, and then homeboy like <laughs> it, takes a lap and yeah. comes back. Yeah, yeah that- <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I ran down to the end of the road, and then I turned around. <laughs> so to like condense this, what essentially happens is she runs off. Andrew runs back into the house with the gun and, you know, fucking Batista's got Eric on the ropes, as it were. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, listen, I really don't want to do this. He's still speaking to him like a second grade teacher. Yeah. And then uh, Eric sees Andrew standing behind him with the gun. And it's like, I need you to get in that fucking bathroom because I'm not going to kill you because I'm not a monster like you people are. And I'm like, first of all, you people. Mm. uh, (laughs) So they back him into the bathroom, and then you just, he's like, well, we're still going to have to figure this out. So you hear this crash, and it's like he went through the fucking, <laughs> right. he went through the window. And then you go inside. Sabrina comes in before this. Oh, does, Sabrina, does she? Oh, Sabrina, she gets shot. Sabrina comes back through <laughs> so quickly that it startles Andrew, who has sworn he's not going to kill anybody. He ends up shooting her in the stomach. Oh, you're right. She, she falls over. This. And they go ahead and, well, we're going to have to accelerate this process. Do you want to make a call now? And they're like, no. He's like, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, yeah, more people are going to be judged for this. Yeah, okay, kill yeah. number three, Sabrina. <laughs> right, and that's that's just kind of how it is. So, like, kill number three. Kill number fucking three. Mm-hmm. Plowed. I don't know. I, I can't <laughs> say mine, so. <laughs> now we're in the bathroom. Like you said, there's a... <laughs> there's a... Uh, <laughs> Ooh, that was funny. Um, <laughs> there's a giant hole in a window that is not Batista sized, right? In the in the bathroom, my man and got the shower eight curtain, foot wide shoulders. <laughs> the shower curtain is suddenly closed in the sh- in the shower itself. So Andrew has the wherewithal to immediately fire around into the bathtub. Nothing happens because we're not bleeding mm-hmm. from our wounds at this point, right? So. Immediately following that, there's Drax that... bodies into the ground. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Drax, I 
was imperceivable behind the curtain. <laughs> you, you just hear a Dorito crunch from behind, from behind the shower curtain. I've become imperceptible. And <laughs> like Mantis, oh, hey, Drax. <laughs> this was my favorite shot in the entire movie because not only does Drax the Destroyer take the fucking gun away yeah. from Andrew... In the meantime, Eric comes up from the side, and it's such a bottom moment because he punches him in the neck, and I thought he broke his knuckle. <laughs> he just kind of bounces off of Batista, and then Batista like lifts him up and throws him back out of the bathroom onto his fucking face, like backwards. Uh... The momentum and trajectory of this is like purely scientific, of course, but he ends up reconcussing himself. <laughs> all this while while fucking uh leonard is uh disarming andrew and everything and he points the gun at them and andrew's like you can't kill us he's like i know <laughs> so but, what <laughs> but, I, but i could shoot you in the leg so yeah. you can't run away right. right so they have a little bit of a of like like a calm it down moment let's de-escalate let's let me prove to you that the fucking you know shit's going down so this would be the falling sky mm-hmm. part of the the quad quadruplet what is it called we pretend the like quintet. airplanes in the night sky like shooting again stars. talking about biblical perception and interpretation it's not actually physical sky that's falling I can it's really hit the ground right now <laughs> ground right now it are it is right if you now. couldn't tell what it is it's like 70 plus airplanes just start dropping out of the sky on the mm-hmm. news and we are currently recording the 700th airplane that's falling out of the sky for no fucking reason hundred you know what i mean airplanes and it's like you're just watching them drop and it's kind of one of those sequences that it reminds me of like Shyamalan. i mean yeah. like this is one of those like classic like it's it feels global make it look yeah. huge kind yeah. of like shots you know mm-hmm. which is like what he does really well i will say from a directorial standpoint and i appreciated it for what it was because now it's like the prophecy has been fulfilled you know and like that whole thing is going down right and of course they're both just like fuck and what i loved about this scene was that eric turned the tv on Mm. i thought that was really important in spite of andrew yeah we're done with the flashbacks we're we're done with him trying to rationalize it and everything and even makes a comment where he's like i'm clear-headed now i can see just fine you know and everything and eric made the comment a lot of like don't talk to him anymore you talk to me you know, and that's just not how dynamics like that work. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, we're going to preserve our reality for as long. Right. <laughs> um, so the planes crash and then we're moving into our our final part. Our right? final part here, because Batista even says, like, it's accelerated beyond a point that I can control it at this point. Anyway, let's just meet on the back deck. And uh, Andrew and Erica, it doesn't really matter which one it was, but they basically tell Wen to go hide in the treehouse that she found earlier. During a lightning storm. During a lightning storm. As all storm, good parent, parents right, do. Go climb up in a tree with no insulation or anything like that and sit in a fucking leaky wooden house <laughs> that's been constructed by somebody listen who was Listen to your music. Us. I'm like, what does she right, listen to? Right. <laughs> Gorgoroth. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Right, new jeans, baby metal. Yeah, so she is um, uh, kind of like dispensed from the the company of everybody, and Batista says essentially, effectively, what it boils down to is, um, I've got some really great kids, 
Yeah, I've got a son too. Yeah. What wouldn't it be nice if he could do something for this world? And you're watching this like the world that's about to fucking end. <laughs> and he says, Any last and, and do you want to make a choice? And they still just they don't even respond at this point. It's not even a no, which was interesting to me mm-hmm. because again, the man who sat upon him was death and hell followed with him. Right. You know, that this point the die is cast and it yeah. is what it is. You know what I mean? D twenties, so baby. He let's drops go. it. He drops the big line where he says, All of humanity has been judged. Yeah. And then brings the knife to his throat and takes himself out for kill number four. Kill number fucking four. We got to do another goddamn fucking... Buttista. <laughs> we got to do another... Discla- not a disclaimer, a little fucking... Yeah, uh, trigger yeah. warning, I guess, is what we... I think we, God yeah. killed him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> so, after this... um. There is the exchange where Andrew and Eric begin talking about it, as they should have from the very start, as human beings who are processing their own emotions and not trying to act as like one singular autonomous, you know, being and that kind of thing. And And Eric's even like... I fucking believe him, dude. Like, this is getting crazy. We're yeah. watching, like, planes flying sideways into the ground totally. behind him in the middle of the thunderstorm and shit like that. And it's like, I'm sorry. the fingers of God. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> the fingers of God are scorching the earth at this mm-hmm. point. Big ass fucking lightning, lightning bolts. Lightning is striking like, the ground big everywhere. Ass fucking, yeah. like, Texas flood kind of lightning bolts. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, there is still their child in a fucking treehouse right. that they just don't even bring up. Sure. And then we have, like, you know, the romanticized moment mm-hmm. of the whole movie. And it's the willful just sacrifice. The willful sacrifice. But also, like, and it was cute because it was like, you know, I imagine when, like, co- like locking up your office with you at night mm-hmm. and you guys are going to dinner and, like, all this They have this a flash stuff. forward into her as an uh, yeah. adult meeting a dude and, like, going, you know, hanging out with each other and that kind of, And it's so cute. It is cute. You know, at the same I think that's ultimately, I don't mean to keep cutting you off, but like this is one of my favorite quotes ever from a president, and it's John F. Kennedy talking about in his... Oh, fi- then go right ahead. In his final analysis speech where he says, yeah. um, for in the final analysis, our most basic common link is that we all inhabit this small planet, we all breathe the same air, we all cherish our children's future, and we are all mortal. I think this is ultimately what the plight of a Ironically, parent is. Ironically, that's why they shot him. Right. But <laughs> I think that this is ultimately what the plight of a parent is at the end of the day, yeah. is to, at the end of the day, put your child above your own dreams. Mm-hmm. You are existing so they can dream bigger and live greater than you did and that kind of thing. And so for these two dudes to finally get there is an echo of what Batista was talking about. I feel like the reason that God chose y'all is because of how pure your love is. Right. You know, and everything. And so it, it, it hits relatively well it wasn't as strong as it could have been in my opinion because we are talking about the strength of their bond and their willingness to at the end of the day it's about when and andrew is still a selfish character he is a selfish character i completely agree um and and that's that's part of it too is i think that's part of the reason i mean obviously i think this is always the trope is eric dies because andrew still needs to grow Mm -hmm. this isn't a gay thing anymore this is just this is just what you have in this like romantic like kind of like dynamic between two people who are in a high stress situation one of them is trying to preserve their reality the other one is already a step ahead and is willing to lay it down so that the others can you know what i mean yeah but yeah we get our 
Kill number five. Mm-hmm. Kill number five. Kill number five. Andrew ends five. up dispatching Eric via the gun, and it is what it, he even has that moment where uh, Eric's body drops, and Andrew kind of like, "Oh God, Eric!" You know, "Oh Eric, oh baby, I'm so sorry." And you know, I'm over here like, "Please go take care of your child." I know. I'm still like, thinking about when because again, we've already established <laughs> this is who this is about. At the end of the day, yeah. I mean, you want to think about every really good like apocalypse movie where people survive. Yeah always ultimately comes down to the child right yeah. that's like that's like the driving force yeah. right so this is the thing it's okay me. to have plot that armor is, in those instances that is a fucking 18 year old girl who's been adopted already who has right. already been through everything that she's been through in her life and felt everything that she's been feeling in her life and has you know talking about her dynamic with her teacher about like i she's always been different she's always been an outcast she's mm-hmm. always been weird because of every ounce of circumstance that's ever been dealt to her you go fucking get her out of that treehouse and you bring her to like I'm angry at this point because I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking about my future daughter because there's gonna be one <laughs> like he's not gonna die quite in time. There's gonna yeah. be another lightning strike. I know, that, I, like, and that's because that's the way like apocalypse shit goes down. That's not fair. Again, right. we're destroying the earth. <laughs> it's not about who's good and who's not good. Everybody gets wiped the yeah. fuck out, and we judge them on it later. Right, right. So it's just one of those things for me where it's like. Fortunately, Andrew finally swallows his fucking pride and like gets up there and gets her out of there. Mm-hmm. They end up watching the house burning for some reason. I guess it got hit by lightning just as soon as they got away from it or what? Who gives a shit? Uh, I mean, it, it's kind of ineffective because whatever that was supposed to represent didn't hit the way that it yeah. was intended. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we get in the car and it's like, did we? And she, when asks the question to Andrew, she says, "Did we stop it?" You know, and he's mm-hmm. like, "I don't know. There's a diner up here. Let's go check it out." And sure enough, they go to the diner, and all the TVs are on. It's like, oh, the fucking Niagara Falls has started flowing. <laughs> you uh, know, I will say before we get to the diner, the only other important thing that I I think that they could have changed this scene around, and it would have hit harder. But when they both get into the truck, happens they, after the diner. Uh, I don't think so, because when they drive off from the diner, they just... That's when they get in the truck and put the music on. It doesn't really matter. The point yeah, stands. I was just yeah. saying, I'm, I'm really sure that it's okay. before they go to, okay. go to the diner. It actually, yeah, yeah plus but, or minus, go ahead and make yeah, your point, because yeah. I agree with you on this sense. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 so the point of it was, uh, Air, Andrew turns on, the, um, turns on the radio in the truck, and it's Boogie Shoes the from earlier. The most inappropriate fucking... <laughs> but it was one of those things where six billion people are dead including my dad (laughs) he turns it off when turns it back on and she turns it off Mm -hmm. and she's bouncing back and forth for boogie shoes for a minute and for me who's not like a particularly spiritual person the way i read that scene i thought was really cool though because it's very like my dad is here with me and i thought that was i mean not that i thought that's exactly what they were doing was that was the fucking premise of that and that's important for you like to be able to recognize what the point of all that was because as somebody who has lost their dad i can tell you man like i don't if the sun set happens if if you are looking for meaning you are looking for some sort of spiritual affirmation some kind of sign from somewhere um when my dad died the song that i was listening to is 1979 by smashing pumpkins okay i was playing sims 4 
I was winding down on my day. I was like eight beers deep at this point. I was about to go to bed and everything. And my mom banged on the door, like reached through my door and banged on the wall so loudly that it startled me to the point that I fell out of my chair, knocked beer all over my PlayStation and my chest set and everything that was up in front of me and everything. And it is the most shocking. It It, it is like God's fingers are striking the earth. I mean, that's totally. what it feels like. And so you start assigning anything you can to somebody out there is pulling the strings and is trying to send me a message right. from this person that I just lost, you know, that it, it is, it is so impactful and it's so mm-hmm. meaningful. And so for that song to come on for me, I just thought it was fucking goofy because it was such a fucking goofy song. Oh, it's it was, the same way, yeah. you know what I mean? Because and it was it, a goofy scene. It's so jarring and it's really effective in that sequence. But I could have been done better in the sense that had it been left on and they just both sort of look at each other and drive off instead of turning it off. It was like, I guess that was them like sort of negotiating with their lack of acceptance at this point. Because, again, this happened like like eight minutes ago. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) But it, it just you would both feel that in that moment and you would both make that acknowledgement and you would both sense that and you would both just this is let it be just right. let it be man yeah you know? absolutely but that was knock at the cabin yeah and i thought that movie was a lot of fun mm-hmm. um like you know we read some reviews where it was like it's kind of boring and it kind of is i'm not gonna lie it's it's not it's not one of Shyamalan's best in yeah. my opinion but i feel like you could say that about a lot of Shyamalan movies and again i know he has such a cult following that it probably totally. doesn't matter what my opinion is people that like this movie are going to like this movie and that's true with everything else i just feel like there are areas of this movie that could have been accelerated slash improved upon from or a just cr- not in it <laughs> or just not in it from a critical eye standpoint and that's just me being me but did i enjoy i i'm not going to sit here and pretend like i didn't enjoy watching that you know and like that was worth a watch i would say if you haven't seen it check it out you know (laughs) yeah i i definitely felt like one of the things that would have made this movie a lot better for me is if i had seen a little bit more of like just andrew Mm -hmm. and i didn't even really care for him as a character but it was one of those things where i'd really like to see a level of character growth for him yeah because what I think would have been really awesome about this movie is if it all kind of focused more around Andrew and then he has to kill Eric, I think would have been a lot more impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, Instead of treating them like a duality, it was it, it was yeah. like Andrew was the main character of the story. Kind yeah, of vibe, and he you know? already kind of felt that way. Yeah. Not that like Eric didn't give a great performance, but like I just felt like Andrew kind of has this energy about his character that pushes a lot of shit to the wayside. He's definitely like the more paternal of the two, I would feel like as well. Yeah. Well, he's a lot more of, again, it's like, uh, I know we were talking about it earlier, but I don't like when every gay couple is the same. Mm Mm-hmm. And because that's just not the case. And I don't think that like there was anything necessarily wrong with how Shyamalan wrote it. It just didn't feel organic to me because mm. I know a lot of gay couples mm. and I know like kind of what a lot of their, um, you know, uh, sort of the nuance. perhaps. Yeah, kind of yeah. like what makes them tick between one another. And I didn't really kind of I didn't really get that in this a, movie. A great example of one that functioned beautifully would have been in Wolf Hollow. 
Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean. It's like that. I didn't even know they were gay right. until like halfway through it because they're being treated like human beings. They're not yeah. being treated as the gay couple. You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas it, a lot yeah. of this movie really revolved around them being the gay couple, and it's like. Was the plot of this the whole time to tell us that the gays are going to save us from Armageddon? Because if so, that's fine. But like, right. it, it just didn't translate. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was kind of a weaker, and I, and I don't want to get too like politically correct or politically incorrect sure. on this. But like, I think it was kind of a weaker attempt at like modernizing relationships in movies. It's like I appreciate you making kind of an inclusive family yeah. dynamic and that kind of thing you've got like a gay couple and you've got like an adopted child and that kind of thing and that's very normal in this day and age mm -hmm. but you can't treat them stereotypically as a result and expect to achieve like the level of impact that right. they can because again they're humans at the end of the day. they're human beings at the end of the day they should be written like humans that are interacting and speaking to one another like humans mm -hmm. and not just oh my god look at you swimming <laughs> you know and like that guy, it's just like come on man you know it's whatever it doesn't really so gay right <laughs> so yeah, man. Um, final thoughts on this one. I feel like I've kind of spoken my piece on this one. I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a cool movie, and you just sort of. I like the plot. I like the concept. Yeah, totally. Gays be gaying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Putting the fate of the world in the hands of three people is uh, heavy shit to deal with, and that's kind of one of those things that I've like. It's a great standalone story. Just wish it it could have been done better. That's all. So. Yeah, and if you think it could be done better, I would uh, definitely listen to this full episode on our Patreon so you can get all of our exclusive parts of this, mostly so we can trim it down, because currently this one's at almost two hours. Sweet. Yeah, exactly. So if you want more content, come check us out. Mm -hmm. Come see our ad libs and all this crazy shit. Mm -hmm. Let us... Uh, uh, it's all in our fucking ad you already listen to anyways if you're listening to this on spotify <laughs> and if you're listening to us right now you're a patron so we love you all thank you so much for joining us once again where it creaks it cracks and we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night <laughs>